Hey guys, what is up and welcome back to the show. Now on today's show, I dive right in with Evan and we talk about a lot. You can classify this one again as a mega cast. So we start off with some college football. We go into OSU-Michigan rivalry and a couple of other rivalry games. Uh, We go into the Zach Wilson issues, how Mike White is playing well, and whether that jeopardizes Zach Wilson's starting spot for the future. Josh Jacobs and why he's blowing up now, whether or not that's sustained or not. Uh, The Monday night football game. And did we talk about Monday night football? I mean, I think. Uh, You always have to figure it out. The Panthers and the Broncos game. And how the Broncos offense looks silly. And how uh, Russell Wilson is just hurting his legacy at this point. We talk about Champ Week a little bit with a little bit of uh, uh, predictions at the very end of the episode. Then we talk about some college basketball. UNC is not very good. Lost twice that four overtime game and that that biggest drop is a, a, a number one in AP poll history. UVA is good. Looking forward with the rankings and all that type of stuff. Texas a little bit and just some other basketball. Then obviously, how could you go an episode right now without talking about the World Cup? USA, upsets, surprise teams that didn't make it to the knockout stage, and so much more. That is today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. It is classified officially as a mega cast. If you enjoy, please consider following and follow me on Twitter at All Eyes on Sports and follow Evan at Evan underscore Mangin. Um, and I hope you enjoy the episode and enjoy. So first things first is uh, obviously we're going to be talking about the rivalry weeks from this past week of football. We're kind of gonna, just going to comprise everything. And so the first game is first is OSU and Michigan. And really coming away from this game, there's a couple of things that I kind of feel like were um, the big things. Like OS, OSU lose. It's really just the result. Like the outcome of this game is kind of going to determine will one team get jumped out of the playoff or not. And on this occasion, it was the underdog at Ohio State, Michigan coming away with like a 20-plus points win without Blake Corum. And there was a lot of people who were like, no Blake Corum, they're screwed. Um, but w- I forget the backup's name. You're going to have to help me out with that one. But th- th- but he had two house calls, like 60-yarders, 70-yarders, or something like that. And that really the second one really kind of ended the game. And so really now you know that with Blake Corum out for the season – I don't really think Michigan's done. And so really that game, it was kind of disappointing because that's usually kind of like the game of the year. And 
or kind of one of those top three games of the year and like in turn before uh, championship games. And, and it just was kind of disappointing. It was good for the first half. And then Michigan really put their foot down and decided they wanted to win twice in a row. What are your kind of initial thoughts from that? Yeah. So the running back is Donovan Edwards. And okay. I mean, he, he, he showed up, especially, I mean, he scored their last two touchdowns. He, he had a big game all around. So really, really showing that they don't need Blake Corum to succeed all around. Um, they just dominated Ohio State offensively and really pulled away in the second half, which I think really proves to me that they are not just a playoff team, but also a national championship contender. Unlike last year, where I feel like, you know, they definitely sh- deserve to get in the playoffs, but like them having to play Georgia, that was a big question mark for yeah. me. Now I kind of feel like they actually have a legitimate shot of winning a game, making it to the second round, and potentially winning the championship. Like, are they – for me right now, I think I kind of have Georgia as my favorite. But Michigan, they have an opportunity to get to that game. And if they're able to play well, they can win that game. So you, you just kind of never know. But really, from a game standpoint, like in the first half, it was a good close game. It was fun to watch. It was – there were some points. There was good defensive plays. There were big plays. There, there was everything you kind of could have asked for in mixing up a first half. But then in the second half, Michigan just decided, hey, we think we're the better team for the second year in a row against you all. And they pull away. They win. And that sends them to the Big 12-10, Big 10 championship game um, against Purdue. And that's a game they're, they're not going to have any trouble with that game, I kind of feel like. Purdue's 8-4. and four. They're a good team, but – there's just really Purdue's not of the same caliber in Michigan. And Michigan could be 13-0 and a big win here, like covering the spread of 16 and a half. That can really be like, okay, Michigan, you other than maybe Georgia, unless LSU wins, you're you you're one of the best teams in football. Y'all can win. And so it's I think just the Ohio State bludgeon was in a game where everyone thought they were supposed to lose was really important for what they think they, they should be in in the playoff. Yeah, and uh, there are a lot of people who are upset with Ohio State, well, Ohio State fans, but they are not liking um, Ryan uh, Day right now. Like they, it's they're 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 starting to get to the point where they want him fired. But I feel like it's just in the heat of the moment. It's, it's you know? really stupid. Like especially even if they don't make the playoff. I mean, I get that they don't like losing to Michigan. Obviously, that makes sense, but. Even if they're number five, they're going to have, like, I don't really know what the criteria for all the bowls are, but like a Rose Bowl or an Orange Bowl or something like New Year's Six. And if they win that bowl, they're 13-1 and one with – or 12-1 and one, uh, with a New Year's Six Bowl win under their belt in what they, these fans want to call a disappointing season. Um, so, really, if your disappointing season is 12-1 and one with a New Year's Six win, I – don't think you've too much to complain about. And and just remember, Ryan Day is a guy who came in as a head coach. He went like 12-0 and 0 his first year. You kind of felt like maybe it's just the guys that he had coming in. But no, he repeated like an 11-1, another like 12-0 and 0 or something like that. Like multiple 10-plus win seasons. And he sustained it, high recruiting classes, great coaching, just everything uh, you kind of need minus the two losses to Michigan now. But really just everything like you shouldn't want him gone and if you if you want him gone that's that's going to be a problem you're going to take a step back and so that's just something you kind of want to think about if you're an Ohio State fan you do not want this guy gone um but really that, that that's that's this like the main game uh Michigan wins by like 22 and it's a disappointing game from a like a 
neutral perspective. But overall, it's a big win for Michigan. Now they can go out and win the Big Ten. Um, but what what was another game for you that was in, in the rivalry week that was like this game was insane, this game I want to talk about, this game was important to these t- this team's season? Uh, so, I mean, this one – I would say is South Carolina Clemson for me. Oh, that's so what I was going to say. I completely agree. I was between two here. I was between Oregon and Oregon State or Clemson and South Carolina. But Mm -hmm. I just think that the fact that that South Carolina was able to get it done on the road against not not only – like I wouldn't say a great Clemson team, but definitely a good Clemson team. Yeah, I mean, they're not a playoff team, but they're top ten. Yeah, and snapping a bunch of streaks, like especially their home winning record – but I think I think it really shows the improvement of South Carolina from uh, last year, and I think um, they're building something special over there. Yeah, I I just I just like the rise. Like they found a good one in Shane Beamer. Obviously, he comes from the Frank Beamer tree. But so really, kind of with him coming. Sure, you love in, that. No, no. I mean, other than the fact that he that he coached at Virginia Tech, I like Frank Beamer. Um, <laughs> so. That was cool. But he he go he comes in he goes six and six in the SEC in his first year and with the bowl win so he goes seven and six, um in his first season with a win bowl win and then he comes in now this year and really people thought that when they were uh, six and four, um they lost to Missouri they had other games like Arkansas now you kind of look back on it that doesn't age well as a fourteen point loss, but and the and the 32 point loss to a 6 and 6 Florida and you're like okay now they got to play Clemson and Tennessee and go to Death Valley which is knock off Death Valley but uh I don't know which one came first but like LSU's better but um you know they Tennessee not only is that a game they're supposed to lose and you kind of feel like oh their season they're 6 and 6 maybe get another 7 and 6 season but not really a step forward but now they get a massive win like a big win over Tennessee and then they go to Clemson and they win in that game in what was some special teams errors like multiple times by by Clemson but said that's what good teams do good teams are able to take advantage that's exactly what they did they get the one point win over their rival which is like 40 games straight at home like 2000 first loss since 2008 when winning at halftime or something like that it was like seven plus at halftime or I don't really know exact records but some crazy records that were like years and years and years that they were able to break and so really six and four these South Carolina people are like, okay, six and six, right? But then, no, they get the win, and now they're like, okay, can we do it again? They get the, another win, eight and four, against um, a really good, obviously, Clemson team, and now they're eight and four. They're competing for a good bowl spot, and and it's just really they're taking a step forward. Yeah, and I, I could honestly see South Carolina being the Tennessee of next year. The, uh, you know, maybe beat Georgia or something crazy like that, and then everybody is, like, on them. So, I mean – I don't know. This 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 team really surprises me, especially like as you said, oh yeah, they're probably they might be six and six after that six and four start. But these two these last two games really uh made the difference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, What's so okay. funny? <laughs> okay, okay, well. All right, so I kind of feel like the last thing that we can kind of go over there was I mean, there's a few other good games, not like so many worth like talking for five to 10 minutes about, but I mean, other than those two, like South Carolina, really, they go nine and four. I mean, new contract for Shane, like extend them like 25,000 more years. Cause it's the best South Carolina has been uh, since like early 2010. So 
Um, but really, just Kansas, I mean, it's an impressive season and a disappointing season at the same time. Obviously, they've been terrible over the past few years. And and they started 5-0, and and then they lose six of the last seven. So, really, they're 6-6. Six and six. There is a solid chance that they can get a bowl berth. But and, – and so, really, if they – they can – they're bowl eligible for the first time forever. They're, they win games for the first time forever. They're, they're decent for the first time forever. But now – but they're 6-6. Six and six, And so, you kind of feel like you kind of thought there was a little bit more expectation for them. Like, maybe seven wins, eight wins, kind of a stretch, but possibly seven or eight wins. And, and then they fall to the rival by 20 points. Obviously, it's a great Kansas State team. But they fall by 20 points. And, and so, it's like an impressive season, but a disappointing season all at the same time. So, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, I agree with you somewhat, but I feel like I mostly disagree. I feel like even though they were ranked at one point, I feel like six and six is still a very, very impressive season. Yeah. I think, I, I, I think, I mean, nobody expected that out of Kansas. And I know they, you know, they've kind of struggled in, uh, lately in Big 12 play, especially. But I, I still, I still think you come out of the season at like a big win, um, and I think it shows that Lance Leipold is a good coach and can possibly bring Kansas back. Yeah, I mean, because if, if you can get them competing for Big Twelves in football, that's impressive. And and just you kind of you kind of have the fans excited again. You kind of feel like they're they've been geared to basketball for a while now, and now they're like, okay, we got a football team again, and they've got yeah. something to kind of look forward to. Um, uh, when it comes before uh, basketball season comes around again. And so it's just, it's just like, it's pretty impressive. I kind of feel like, I mean, I feel like once they were five and oh, though, the, the expectations might've gotten a little bit too high. Like, okay, they're five and oh, but like, if you look at that, it was Tennessee tech. I mean, Duke's a decent win. Houston's a decent win at Houston. But I mean, if you look at the rest of it, TCU, it's Baylor. I mean, Oklahoma, yeah, they had a down year, but they're still Oklahoma, Kansas State, Texas. Like these are games that are that like you kind of feel like if they can grab one upset, it's very impressive. But it's not games that you expect them to win. Like their front half of the season was easier, but really, but what makes it impressive is like last year they're not winning all five of those games to start the season. So I mean, it's just they're just good. They're good wins that to have. So, um, but now they're six and six. If they can win a bowl game, right? I mean, that, that's like. That's like winning the national championship for them, I kind of feel like, in football. <laughs> so, I mean, so, yeah. But now, the, really, the second thing is, is I want to talk about – or we, we kind of already – but, like, Zach Wilson, he got benched this past weekend, and Mike White comes in. He gets the most yards and a half since himself last year. So, he comes in. He's He's got 198 yards in the first half. Not only is that the most in a while, like Zach Wilson's never done that before, but it's the most since himself. He got the most in a half since himself. And he throws, well, it was like three or four touchdowns, no interceptions, 300 something yards. And so, and you kind of already were looking at it like, hey, Zach Wilson, man, you're not playing well. You already had Joe Flacco with that game earlier in the year, throw four touchdowns, no picks, 307 yards. And then you come in this week and you have Mike White playing. He throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions, and, and they win the game. Game and they got an offense that looks like it's going again and you have a quarterback that was like okay this team is terrible it's not my fault we're playing bad and then now you have a backup quarterback coming in and being like okay I think I could steal this job from you uh, Zach Wilson's in a heap of trouble I kind of feel like 
uh, with his job. I think if, if they go with Mike White again next week, he gets a couple touchdowns, 250 yards, no picks or something like that. Even a pick, that would be better than what Zach Wilson's been producing. Yes, Zach Wilson's like 5-2 and two this year as a starter, but really he's not – he's not playing to what you feel like he should be playing to. And so it, it, and so really with Mike White coming in playing well, it's like you got a quarterback who's talking trash, not playing well himself. Then the backup comes in and hasn't said a word and he's playing well. So what do you kind of make of that? And it's like, you, you, you wonder with Zach Wilson, if his career is over, if he's going to become a career backup or that type of thing, because you wonder he's got everything he needs at this point. I feel like the jets, they're not, they, I feel like they shouldn't have the reputation anymore of like being bad and ruining quarterback's career. I think Sam Darnold, he didn't have great receivers, but now what's his, or Zach Wilson's got every, every, everything he needs to play decent, play better than nine of 22 for 77 yards and only putting up three points. And so, yeah. So, I mean, like, what, what do you kind of think of that? Well, I, first, I, I just don't get how you can um say, or how Zach Wilson can say, go out and say, that his team is bad and can blame it on the team when they score three points led by his terrible playing. Like, how how do you go and say that, you know, at that point, it's probably, it's like a six and three team, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Six and three. Um, I, how, how can you say that team is bad if you have a winning record to start and you have good wide receivers, good running backs, like, that that's the type of thing that would concern me as a coach. And I, I felt like they made the right decision regardless of like, it really worked out, but even if Mike White had an average game, I feel like it was the correct decision either way. But I think Mike White's playing really showed that he deserves another week at least. And I think yep. if he, if he plays well next week, I would really, really consider making him the starter. Yeah, like for me, it's like if he plays well for another week, you got to continue making him a starter. If he has a bad week, that's when you say, Zach, we're putting you back in. And then if Zach plays bad again, you go back to Mike White. But I kind of feel like what they're doing is, is they're hoping that since Zach Wilson's only in his second year, you're, they're hoping that he can get out of what he, whatever he's in and become their future franchise quarterback. And so I kind of feel like this is like a wake-up call to him saying, hey, man, you got to start playing well or else your your career here at least is done. So I feel like that's what they're trying to do. But if even that doesn't work, then I think you bench him for the rest of the season. You go to Mike White. Hopefully you can make a playoff run because you're seven and four right now. And so really just for me, I, th- I do agree. Mike White deserves another season or another season, another stuck <laughs> not get too ahead of ourselves yet. Obviously play well, but another week at least before you say Zach Wilson is – uh, the starter again or benched or whatever. So you got to, I, I just feel like with Mike White playing well, it, it makes Zach Wilson's situation a whole lot worse because already he's already bad mouthing his team and now he's already got other quarterbacks playing better than him. So just, I think we kind of have an agreement on you got to go with Mike White again and then you, and then you got to kind of see where Zach Wilson is from there. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll say one other thing Mike White is only 27. Like, Oh, I would, wow. Okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't honestly like if if this keeps going on and if he keeps playing well. I mean, I wouldn't rule him out of being like the quote unquote franchise quarterback because, like, you know, he he may have like seven, eight seasons left at best. So you know, may, maybe he could be that guy for a while. But like, I feel like after the season, maybe maybe another season, they need to like determine who's their guy 
moving forward. May get maybe getting a little bit ahead of myself, but you know, two quarterbacks, no quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, I you kind of had that whole situation. It worked out for Michigan, but like it does, I feel like it doesn't work out as much. And now the third thing I had on here was Josh Jacobs and. What I, I, I just I didn't even realize it like at the beginning of the season, he was playing solid, nothing imp- like extremely impressive. But now they've decided, hey, we're going to go to you more. And like he got 30 some carries last game and that really paid off. He had he had 33 carries for over 200 yards and two touchdowns. That's seven yards a carry or 6.9 to be exact. But he is he's, they've seemed to start to trust him even more. Because if you look at it, he had 33 carries last week, but then say five weeks ago against the Saints, only 10 carries. Then the week after that, 17 carries. Just every single week since that week, 10 to 17 to 21 to 24 to 33, they're starting to feel like that they're going to go a little bit more run heavy, it almost seems like, and that they that they trust him to be their guy. And, they, and that, that I think the volume of, of snaps he's getting on the field and how many how many attempts he's getting is really making him show like a superstar potential he's kind of seems like one of those backs like Derrick Henry kind of like uh even Dante Foreman that I've noticed in Carolina the more carries you give him the better he's going to play the more yards he's going to get you the later on in the game and it's going to help you be clutch in the closing moments and so really I kind of feel like what they're doing with him now it's it's helping him play really well and I I, I just kind of want to know your opinion I don't know how much you know about it but it, it's just something that I haven't noticed until recently like like I'm playing Bennett in fantasy this week and I'm like whoa he's number two now and I kind of looked into it a little bit more and I felt like it was something worth mentioning yeah I I agree it's something worth mentioning now if I've paid attention to Josh Jacobs over the last couple of seasons and I feel like you know as much as I'm rooting for him to succeed I feel like this does happen like at least once a season he has one or two like huge games and then everybody gets back on the train and then you know next week the next week he might have 10 carries so I feel like it depends on who they're playing and what the game plan is but yeah you know some weeks I feel like he's an up and down back but yeah. um this this performance could give him the breakthrough to you know be like that like you're not gonna have this type of game every single week but maybe maybe get him on track to have that type of week like more often yeah I agree. I mean I agree I, I would just hope that based off these last few performances like the more carries that they've been giving him it's like you it's that's what's worth um like advert like doing a little bit more now like if you give him 30 carries again next week and he goes for 150 yards or something again you keep doing it I just feel like at this point it would be stupid the way he's playing right now to not want to do it but you're right it just depends on what the Raiders decide to do who they're playing and whether or not they kind of feel like it's a good idea to go with that um and so, yeah, so, I mean, just you're right as well. Like, he has that 150-point fantasy game, the 200-yard game every year, and then they kind of cut it off for some reason. So, I really feel like this year is kind of like your, his breakout year. You kind of have to hope that they're going to keep doing based off the way he's playing, but you ne- you always wonder whether they do or whether they don't. And uh, for number four, uh, you Monday Night Football, I, I put Monday Night Football and, and, like, the Panthers and how the – Broncos, like, it, it, obviously I'm a Panther fan, but, like, you look at it, the Broncos' offense is terrible. Um, and you point to Russell Wilson, and rightfully so. Like, what is going on with Russell Wilson? I think he's just terrible now. Um, and and you kind of just wonder what's going on there. What do you got? So it's one of two things. Like, I, I've, I've known the NFL long enough to know it's one of two things. It's either – 
um, uh, what's his name, Nathaniel Hackett, or or it is just Russell Wilson, and he's just declining and getting old and not working over there in uh, Denver. But um, I, I I don't know. It's it's been a consistent problem. It like the points have not been good at all and I actually saw somewhere I not just on the notes but I did see that graphic uh, that if the Broncos scored uh 18 plus points in a game that they would be I think it was either like nine and two or like yep. something something that else would put them at the top that would put them at the top up there to yeah like to... I mean it, it's pretty it's it's ridiculous they um you know it, it could just be the scheme they're running or Again, Russell wasn't washed. It's just hard to know. I I, I feel like it's kind of washed. I, I kind of – I was talking to someone about it. And I, I kind of feel like these – obviously, he's really good. Obviously, the talent is there. But I think what made him look so good in Seattle, he had a great coach his entire career over there. He had great receivers, a great team. Like, they were always contending for the playoffs, for the Super Bowl. And whether they won it or not, they were always a top – 10 plus win team with everything he had going on around him. And now that he's moved out of there and he's going to, he's facing adversity. Now he doesn't really know how to handle it as well. And so now it's, it's, it's coming back to him. Like he, he had a great situation. He was obviously really good. He's, he was on a hall of fame trajectory in Seattle, but now he's kind of taking a step back in terms of the players on his team. Obviously he still has a solid offense, not great, not as good as what he had, but now he's facing adversity. It's kind of making him, uh, move away from that like elite status and he's kind of trying to figure out how to handle adversity still and he just doesn't really know how to handle it well well enough in order to play well you know I still feel like you know not just the fact that he went to collegiate but he's he's the type of guy you always you want to root for yeah personally like I feel like he he's a, like he's a good person like he does he tries to he at least tries to do things the right way but part of me you know and again, this is not just because of David, but part of me wants to see the Broncos not succeed. Um, just I don't know. I don't know what it is. I've just never really liked the Broncos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of irrelevant, but still. Yeah, it kind of kind of dumb, yeah. But but you know, I mean, you can root for everyone. Oh, I I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm like the moderator here. Um, anyway, so now one more thing in terms of college football is, uh, we we kind of skip back to it, but Cade. McNamara, uh, the transfer, is in that QB battle at the beginning of the season, won by J.J. McCarthy. And obviously, J.J. McCarthy is better than McNamara, but McNamara did a great job last year. I still think he's, like, top 30 quarterback in the nation, kind of, 50, like, 40-ish. Like, like you're saying he's better than that? Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sticking it at, like, around top 25, top 30. Like, he's definitely a higher-end quarterback, a guy that would be highly sought after. And I remember I was like – you texted me and you're like, Cade McNamara's transferring. I'm like, oh, dang, that makes sense. But I wonder where he's going to go. And I'm like, he, and you're like, where do you think he's going to go? And I'm like, probably Iowa. They've kind of had, I, I'm not, I couldn't see why he would want to go there, but like, I was definitely going to go after him because they haven't, they've been struggling on offense and he's a guy that can really help them boost that for the next couple of years. I don't know how many years he has left, but uh, next years or so, however long he plans to stay there. Um, and, and what do you know, like a day after that, he goes to Iowa, and so now, what do you think of the fit for that? And like, so now he's at Iowa. Like, do you think that's going to help them? Like, what's the fit looking like? And and just all I'm going to say is, I called it. Okay, so I mean, I 
right now, I mean, I'm, I think Iowa did a good job going out and getting him. I think he's a really good quarterback. Uh, probably in my book, probably top 20, top 15, maybe, but, mm. um, he, it's hard to say. Cause you know, I feel like I was made Petrus look bad or whatever his name is. Like, you know, last year, I, Iowa was good. Like they, Wait, who? They, oh, Petros. Oh, okay. Yeah. You said Pinterest. I was like, what? <laughs> At one point, you know, they, they, they were ranked fourth and beat Penn State. Like, I, I know that didn't age well, but like, you know, they were good at one point. So part of me, part of me just wonders if their coaching staff is going to kind of like ruin Cade's career. But I, I, I still think it's a good move for both sides as of right now until I'm proven wrong. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, just Petros, I mean, he's not bad. He's just one of those guys. He's like one of those 150 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions type of player. Like, he's not going to play poorly ever, but he's never going to win you games, it kind of seems like. Obviously, his offense has been awesome, but he's never really going to win games, it kind of seems like. Um, and so I kind of feel like it's a good – opportunity to reset for McCarthy be or not McCarthy uh McNamara he could be the guy that's like hey look this offense hasn't been good for the past few years and now that I'm here it's good again so he could kind of be like that guy that's like for his draft stock for Iowa football fans and that type of thing for a lot of in a lot of good ways if he's able to execute well he can be the guy that kind of puts Iowa as a non-bad offense type of school and make make them a good team again because I think I was there minus the offense. Like you look at Virginia's, obviously I was a higher caliber football school, but it's the same situation at UVA. Like they they have the defense, not the offense. It's the exact same thing at Iowa. Um, and so it's 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 just can McNamara come in and for day one be the guy that gives the offense the spark, be the leader that they need and allow them to not only have that same defense, but compete on the offensive end as well to get them more wins that they definitely want to get in the next couple of years. And then it might make other recruits want to be like, hey, Steve's got a good offense. I want to go there and play there too. Like you, it could just boost everything if he's able to execute this well. Um, and But it just really all comes down to how well is he going to execute this. Right, and I think I, as you just quickly, as you mentioned before, I, I do think he has all those – qualities to be able to lead and I think I think especially at Michigan he really helped change the culture yeah so, you know yeah yeah all right so kind of first thing that I wanted to get to with basketball is uh UNC is just not very good is they lost twice this week uh four overtime game against Alabama and the biggest drop in AP poll history for a number one dropped from one to number 18, which is 17 spots. You couldn't do the math, but uh, so really just UNC preseason number one, in the ACC, not really like number four, three or four in the ACC right now for me behind like Duke and UVA. Um, and so really just what, what do you kind of feel like is their problem? And like they had, they even played it close with Charleston and, and Charleston's pretty good this year, I will say. But, you know, but just if you're projected to be the top of the ACC, you're number one, you technically shouldn't be playing it close with Charleston. And so just what do you kind of feel like is their issue and what's going on? Yeah, um, I think – Just walk think by. What? No, nah, just keep going. All right, all right. Uh, I think, like, in the beginning of the season, there were automatically some red flags when they were cl- playing close with a, some definite, definite mid-majors. And – uh. You know, now I feel like, you know, they have three losses now. Yeah. They, 
they 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 lost to Indiana and you know Indiana I'll give them credit they're a good team but still like you know it, I feel like it's kind of the same thing with Kentucky it's like these two teams are are winning the games they should I mean maybe not by a lot but they're losing like the games that that would that that they would need to win like the Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight in the tournament yeah I agree I mean so, I um yeah no sorry keep so, going yeah you're good um so. I don't I don't know whether it's Brady Manic not being there, whether whether they're just like ahead of themselves getting I, or something. I I feel like they're playing too much hero ball. I feel like I feel like they're they talked about it in one of their games last week. They're playing too much isolation. There's too much one guy with the ball, one guy that touches it into possession. There's just too much hero ball trying to go on like kind of the players kind of feel like having no chemistry kind of feeling like they have to be the star when there's so much so much talent on that team that they don't have to be that and so it's like Caleb Love when he takes it up the court dribbles it around for 15 seconds then pops a three instead of moving it around that's kind of what's been giving them trouble at times and so I kind of feel like they're just playing too much hero ball so that when like in the Alabama game when it's down the stretch they need to score every time and it's it's important every single possession is important when they have someone there was too much hero ball going on that's causing them to lose these closer games yeah definitely and so just especially if they're losing they're trying to get back in the games they they can't do it because it's just it makes it even worse when they feel like there's more on them you know yeah yeah (laughs) kind of that pause in there but I kind of felt like breaking it but you know but I just feel like with everything like they just They've been disappointing, and so I just don't see them winning the ACC anymore. Um, not even being a two seed in the tournament, they're they're just not where you kind of feel like they want them to be. And you you, you got to hope Hubert Davis is going to address like move the ball around more, move like get get everyone involved because everyone on that team is capable, and they're just and their main players like Caleb Love and and uh, what's the, what's the other, I know it's Leaky Black. He's not really doing it, but they're guards are just do it, trying to do it, do it themselves type of thing when they, when they don't have to be. And so really, I just feel like that's what, what's caused their losses. And I just, I see them being good, but they're going to be an eight or nine loss team for me. Um, nine, 10 loss team for me, like 20 and 10, maybe a, a four or five seed in the tournament come March. And so really just disappointing right now. And it's, and you just, that's just really all I have to say. Number two, um, I kind of want to preview what's going to happen with UVA in the future. They're six and zero. They have two wins over ranked teams, a win at Michigan, and they're playing Houston coming up. And it's a game that's really kind of aging well, especially if UVA can get out of the Florida state game and the JMU game, two games that they should win. Um, And uh, two games that they should win before playing Houston and Houston, I don't know who they play, but I would assume that they're games that they should win before they play. And they, it could very well be a number one, number two matchup, depending on what they decide to do with the rankings um, come Monday or next week, they don't play till the 17th, but you know, it's just one of those games. I mean, it might be kind of early to think about, but you know, just, just what do you kind of expect from that game? Like who do you kind of have winning just, or not necessarily winning, just what do you kind of like at the top of the AP poll right now? We don't even need to preview it yet. You know what? I actually like for the first time, I'm really, really liking the top three. I, I think they have them in the right order 
as yeah. of right now. I agree. You know, Resume-wise, I, I think I think Houston, you know, maybe doesn't have the resume, but every team that they should beat, they're beating very handily. And like like that Norfolk State game, 48 points. Like Yeah, like <laughs> Northern Colorado, they destroyed. St. Joseph's, they destroyed. Or Rock. Like, the list goes on and on. And I'm not saying they shouldn't destroy them, but, like, teams like North Carolina, like, they may be playing a little bit closer in those games and, like, but I feel like I feel like doing that if you're gonna start off with an easy schedule is definitely good to make you number one team, and it helps that they're undefeated. Now Texas again, they have a great resume, and that's why they should be at two. I think personally. Yeah. Now, now, like you know, as as we know, Gonzaga always a little bit overrated, and you know, at the at the time they were number two, so you have to credit them. And and no, yeah, I agree. I think they're not as good as what they people expected them to be or what they should be. I don't, I didn't expect them to be number two, Um, but they beat him by nine. They beat what I think is going to be a ranked team all year by 19. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to last night. They went 72 to 67 against number seven Creighton. And just for me, what would determine whether UVA is number two or Texas number two, Illinois play, they play Illinois uh in a few days. So really if, if they were to beat Illinois as well, keep them at number two. But if not, swap UVA in there to number two. But that that's kind of for me right now. It's just too early in the season to kind of feel like this team's number one, this team's number two, this team's number three to, to kind of figure out exactly where everyone stands. But like you said, for me right now, I kind of agree with the high part of the rankings and, and just kind of where everything stands right now. And uh, just come – it's just kind of hard to determine right now, but – you wonder where they will be in a few weeks, like whether can, who's going to win, Houston or UVA? Can Illinois knock off Texas? You just It's just always a lot to come down to earlier in the season. I just feel like it's not as – it's not like a few a couple years ago. Remember that year? It might have been the, like the year – like the year where the season was cut short. Remember the year where there was no insane team? Like, every, like even the number one team had like seven losses. Took, that? No, like it, they took they took turns being number one. Everybody got a chance. Yeah, there. exactly. Like like oh, it was number one. I forget who was number one, but it was like twenty two and seven number one team. Like they, everyone everyone had a shot. Everyone was pretty good. And and it, it's it's I don't think it's to that caliber this year. But in terms of the top forty teams in college basketball, it seems like anyone can beat anyone right now because everyone's just seems like they got really solid teams this year. And that's what's exciting about this year. You look forward to conference play and the tournament next year because that always creates more upsets. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And uh, just one more thing I'd like to point out is that Baylor plays Gonzaga uh, today at 8, so I'll definitely be tuning into that one. I think that would answer <laughs> While you're watching a lot the, of questions Utah for game. me personally. What you say? While you're watching the Utah game at the same time. Oh yeah, got to get that split screen action going. Or hey, pull one I... up on your computer and pull one up on your TV. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a, it's a good game. I mean, I mean, like, who do you think's gonna win that? My my money is like slightly on Baylor. I think I think it's gonna help that it that it's at Gonzaga. So, I mean, I I feel like it could go either way, but I think it's definitely like if Baylor wins, it's gonna. It's gonna be like okay, well they they can win on the road, but and if Gonzaga wins, it maybe may salvage like, you know they're not insanely overrated. They're still obviously gonna be a little bit overrated. Yeah, when you've already dropped down to number fourteen, you kind of already are running into some issues there. Um, yeah. uh, oh, unless... before I forget, okay, let's talk about Kentucky, please. Uh, they're bad among the fraudulent teams. 
right up oh, there. Oh yeah, Gonzaga I put him in there. See, um, Gonzaga is making them look even worse. Yeah, yeah, they are. I, I mean, I don't know what to start here. Like losing to Michigan State, losing to Gonzaga, and you know, like I don't want to, I don't want to contradict myself, but like I, Gonzaga still overrated a little bit. So going and losing by that much, not looking good. Same thing yeah. with Michigan State, and it's like it's one of those things. It's like same thing with UNC. It's you win the games you should, you lose the games that you that are like. You know, you should like tournament type games, like yeah, games and like have to win to see if you're like national champion type or not, like in that contention. And but I think I mean, personally, I I think it's a lot of the offensive, the way they're running their offense, and it's it's been evident uh, for at least a few new years now that Coach Cal has an outdated offense, and it just doesn't really work in today's basketball, like he's still a great recruiter. He can, it's, it's proven, you know, they have the number one class right now. They just took over, took it from Duke, but this offense is, it's not getting them anywhere. And if, I don't know if you want to add in on that. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I don't think that, I think they're still a good team. I think they're still a prominent basketball program, but they're, you're right. They're definitely not where they have been in years past. And, but I feel like Michigan State, that's not a terrible loss. For me, it's more the 16-point loss to Gonzaga. Um, and if we go back to it, the reason why I was making that face earlier is uh, I, through further uh, looking at it, the Gonzaga – who are they playing today? Who would you say they're playing? Baylor. Baylor, it's on Peacock. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Good thing I had Peacock. You have Peacock? Yeah, so it's weird. I have like random. I have like some streaming services, and like I don't have Hulu, but I have Peacock. Like, <laughs> you know, actually, I think I do have Hulu, but like, oh, it's, you got it's everything through, now. It's it's through some like Verizon deal or something. Oh yeah, like it's like ESPN Plus, Hulu, and Disney Plus. Yeah, you know, I could probably it's probably in like Meth Streams or something, but um. <laughs> Anyways, it will be somewhere. Yeah, it's gonna be somewhere, but I'll probably be paying more attention to the Utah USC game. Um, but Agreed. really, after that, I mean, we can go over that if you want. But we got World Cup action. We can't go a podcast without talking about the World Cup. Obviously, it's yep. been going on for a little bit of, or well over a week now. Actually, almost two weeks. Group stages are done. The round of sixteen is set. Um, there's obviously from the past two weeks or so. There's a couple of uh. Yeah, get get grooving it down there, but uh, uh, there's a, there's a couple of uh games that I mean games and and groups and it's just I just when the World Cup comes around it kind of it's just that tournament it's like I pay attention to soccer but I don't yes it's soccer I don't but I don't watch soccer as much but this is what makes me watch soccer sit down and watch whole entire games without looking away except for like halftime and stuff and it's just. Those those things and, and there's a few things specifically that I want to talk about. There's there's Germany not making it. There's Uruguay not making it. Um, they were, were, were who the other Belgium. teams that weren't making it? Belgium didn't make it. Um, who else? Um. Uh, yeah, well, while, while you look for that, I just how can you not? Oh no, no way! I'm looking at the Germany Costa Rica game. Newer, one of the best keepers in the world, had an own goal at the 70th minute. Yes, they won 4-2, but he had an own goal at the 70th minute, which kind of uh, puts together what they've been – I mean, they just haven't been playing themselves. Well, it's the, they, they they lost that game to Japan, right? Or is it Japan? 
uh, yeah, it was Japan. They lost. I remember I watched that game. I, I remember I was sitting downstairs. I was watching. And I saw the Germany goal. I go upstairs to do some work for like 20 minutes. And then I come back down and it's 2-1 Japan. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And that would kind of be inevitably what what knocked them out of the tournament. And so they lost to Japan. They they tied with Spain. And it's just disappointing. And, and just Belgium, I don't see how you lose when you have uh, Thibaut Courtois, uh, De Bruyne, and... Lukaku all on the same team I don't and and obviously you have a great supporting cast but I don't see how you lose when you have three guys like that all on the same team and you don't make it to the group stage obviously that's disappointing um yeah. and so like what other kind of headlines do you have games you specifically want to talk about I might have a couple of things but I'll let you go for a second are you talking about like future games or like games that anything happen? you want just anything for the past like well, week or so uh what I was looking at right now it, it's not a game but just Denmark and Mexico, I feel like, are among prominent teams that missed out on the group stage. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, I mean, Denmark made it to the, like, Euro semifinals, I think, against England. I, I remember watching that, the finals, because it's Italy versus England. I don't I don't know why I remember that, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely prominent that, Uh, I mean, I don't really have anything. Not gonna lie. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, I get. Um, I mean, just it's just this kind of what the like the World Cup is about, just the upsets and what what you enjoy watching. But for the group stages, you got first, you got Netherlands in the U.S. tomorrow. Obviously, all right, let's just go into the U.S. Like this, but I remember before I expected <clears throat> a win over or draw against Wales, them to beat Iran, and them to lose or. I didn't. I did not think they could beat England. I thought they could tie with England. So really, everything that happened for them is came true. And so, really, I think there's there's they've seemed like they're really good at defending. They they they've proven that they only gave up one goal throughout the whole entire group stage against three solid teams. And but then it, for me, it comes on the offensive end. They they were they had trouble finding guys at times I know it doesn't seem this seems like like backwards but they were being too unselfish at times it kind of seems like they had opportunities but then they pass it it's an inaccurate pass or they miss it or they just they pass to the wrong guy or something and it and it kind of creates a wasted opportunity and so those are things against Netherlands they're, if they're able to somehow get through this they're gonna have to go Netherlands Argentina uh either in either like Argentina or and like Brazil I think at the end or something before the final if they were somehow to make it there because these are just things that unless they're able to patch up before tomorrow uh that I just don't really see them having a grand opportunity because eventually you're going to get worn down you're not going to you're not going to be able to last like it's not sustainable to be able to win games by only scoring zero or one goals like trying like especially in these stages a Everyone in the round of 16 is a good team, obviously. They made it there. You're not going to be able to go 120 minutes scoring zero or one goals and still expect to win. Well, I mean, I I think I think that's true to a point. I I mean, I definitely agree. You can't you can't just rely on zero goals offensively. I mean, I think you can rely on one, but I feel like at mm-hmm. that point you're gonna be having you're gonna have to go to extra time and then like fight for it there. Like, but the Netherlands, like you're gonna have, we're gonna have to play good yep. defense, and we're gonna have to like 
like as you said, we got to be more selfish as as weird as it sounds. Um, cause you know, shots are not also shots are not going to come easy against the Netherlands. And we, when we had those opportunities, I feel like we are going to need to, um, shoot them and try to create as much opportunities as we can. Yep. Also, I, I one other thing I did not like at the end of the Iran game, what, um, Greg was doing, um, <laughs> like I, he, he went really conservative with it. And while I may have done a similar, may have had a similar approach, I feel like at the end, it's like, we're just fight. Like Iran had like all the possession. We were just fighting for, to, to keep it at one nil. And I, I feel like if we had kept the same uh, style, I guess, or um, formation as we did in the first half, you know, that was more like, 50-50, 50-50, and we both got opportunities, and I feel like that would have made it a lot less stressful, at least for me. Watching. Yeah, I, I agree. It's just, for me, I think just for us to be able to get out of the, the group stages after not making it in 2018, is it's already it's already kind of a W. You want to go farther than the round of 16, but you already kind of feel like after missing it, the disappointment in 2018, you now have been able to make it out, and and so, which is really, really like good. You, you, and you kind of have to have all hope for them to have a chance. And really, today it doesn't really mean anything because, uh, did because I don't think Cameroon made it out. I, I don't think they could mm-hmm. have. But they, they beat Brazil today, which obviously even after not making it out of the group stage, that's uh still a pretty big milestone for for your club. And and you know, I, I I'm watch, trying to watch it right now, but they had a lot of opportunities. They didn't have a lot of possession, but they were able to take advantage of opportunities that they had and kind of for the future. Um, obviously, the World Cup's only once every four years, but in the future, you kind of feel like that they can they can maybe threat some people in the next World Cup uh, in 2026 in the U.S. Um, and so, but Brazil obviously makes it through, and it's just a win against a hot Brazil team that hadn't that hasn't lost in a while. And and I want to I'm trying to see it. I want to see this, but did you see? So you know they won in the extra time, right? In stoppage time? Yeah, they won stoppage time. Okay, and yeah, like yeah. 91st minute. Yeah, they, I saw that. The, so it's the night that you the dude scores the 91st minute. Uh what's his name? His name is uh uh Cameroon soccer. His name is Vincent Abu Bakar. I, I definitely botched that, but I, it's fine. He scored and then he gets a red card for excessive celebration. Oh, yeah, I saw it. he basically Oh, he, he took his, his shirt off. He took his yeah, he took his shirt off and held it up. For like in front of like all the um the uh Brazilian fans or whatever, and then he got a red card. <laughs> I mean, it's you're going home no matter Might what happens well. in this game. Well, I, I mean, they had a chance not to go home, but like still, it it was it was well, yeah, it, it wasn't well. up to them. Plus, like, it's it, the end of the game, they, like why not? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you're you're most likely going home. You're playing mm-hmm. one of the best teams in the world, and you just scored to take the lead in, in a chance that they're probably not going to come back. So why not just rip your shirt off? Why not be like, yo, we just beat y'all, y'all. This is embarrassing. Um. Uh, you know, I personally think it's funny. Yeah. Um, I I just I was trying to find out. I just looked at it for the first time. I just think it's kind of funny. Um, and so yeah, I mean, there's that. And so so U.S. plays the Netherlands. And so what do you kind of expect from that? I kind of I kind of expect the lower scoring in just because for all the reasons in terms of the U.S. that we've had. But Netherlands, this is going to be one of the better teams that they played. Uh, you could probably say it goes a little bit better, but this is definitely one of the better teams that they played. So you're going to have to play really well to get through there. And then it might be it might be messy uh, in the second round. That's what I would expect. But for me, I don't really have much to say about it. This Morocco team, 
I did not know. I didn't even know they were any good at all. I didn't even know like if they got in or anything like that. But then they come in, they get multiple good wins in this year's World Cup, and uh, they beat they beat Belgium two zero. They they beat Canada, who I thought Canada was a very solid team. They tied with Croatia, but that was the first game. And so I feel like that they're, they're a team that, that could give Spain some trouble here in this first round of Spain, and we know how good they are. But they could be a team that's kind of a dark horse, could win a game or two that people don't expect them to win. And along with – really along with uh, um, uh, Poland, I they, they have a tough game against France. That's a game. But France France is kind of vulnerable. Um well, I mean, who'd they, who'd they just lose to? France, France, France. Oh, they lost to Tunisia. That's exactly right. That's a perfect example of how they're kind of vulnerable in terms of, I think they're a top three team in the world. But Poland for me, Morocco for me, those are two teams that could have an opportunity to make it past the first round in an upset fashion. Um, and so is there really anything else that you kind of have in terms of World Cup? It's like, okay, this is important. You got to put it in there. Well, uh, I just, I guess I'm just going to give a prediction for the game tomorrow for the USA. I think I agree with you. I think it's going to be a uh, relatively low scoring. I feel like it's going to be one of those things where, I mean, unfortunately, I feel like Netherlands is going to have a good chunk of the possession and it's kind of going to be one of those games where it's like, we're going to have to execute when we get those chances and feel like we're going to have to play really good defense. Like, yep. you know, you know what I mean? It's like when, when Spain would play like, I don't know somebody. Yeah, bad. I know what you mean. Like and one of those. You, you're like saying- Japan, honestly. Like not, not that they're bad, but like you know, Spain dominated possession the entire game, but Japan ends up executing and ends yeah, up you getting just, the upset. You just can you just for me? It's just the storyline is going to be: Can the U.S. capitalize on the opportunities that they have? Because can they prevent themselves from? missing passes, missing wide open shots terribly over the bar that we've seen in all three of their games. Like, cause, cause they could have won the England game. They could have won the England game if they capitalized on just one of those opportunities. So it really just depends. How is the U.S. going to take those opportunities that they're going to receive, that they've been receiving in every single one of these games? How are they going to take them? How are they going to be able to uh, finish them off and decide how like that's going to decide whether they go forward or Netherlands catches a break and moves forward instead of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, that was a packed kind of an episode. Do you have anything else to say? Any one of those classifies. headlines that you like to do? I think that's, um, Oh yeah. Headlines. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, Saturday, uh, December 3rd. No, not you Siri. Um, you <laughs> and Mary takes on the web Gardner web. Uh, yeah. Be there, 2 p.m., Zabel Stadium. I know you're not going to listen to this and follow my instructions, but if you do, I will get, personally give you $1. Thank you. Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. Also, that's, that's a lot of money. That's the first gonna... time since 2014 in basketball after that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Debuting some new jerseys, too. Yeah, good, good. Uh, oh, we get a, uh, in Champ Week. Which, what last, Champ Week. Last, last thing to touch on, Champ Week. I want, Quick I want, fix. I want your Quick prediction. Rundown. What would you say? Quick rundown. Yeah. Pick, give, give us your picks. Oh, my picks? Okay. Yes. Uh, eh. Okay. So we got Utah and USC. USC, I, I like that spread. USC, I, I would go USC by five. TCU and Kansas State, TCU by seven. Uh, Georgia by 17. Um, Tulane lost to UCF, I think, right? Earlier in the yes, season. Yes, by seven. 
Yeah, by seven. This is going to be a little bit closer, but I think UCF is going to beat them anyways. U, uh, UCF by three, Michigan by 24, and Clemson by 10. All right. Um, give me uh, UTSA by um, by 10. Give me USC by seven, maybe, maybe 10. Give me TCU by, you know, I'm going to go TCU by three here, making it make them sweat. Um, <laughs> give me, I'm going to give me Tulane this game. I don't think, I don't think it, they're going to lose twice to UCF, especially when they have the game at home again. Um, I'm going to take them by four. Give me Georgia by 20. Uh, give me Clemson by, you know, give me Clemson by one. And then, one? yeah, one. I it's, it's the same story with both those teams. Look, it, it could have been a really good ACC championship game. It could have been 12 and 0 versus 11 and 1. And then they just fell apart the last two games. Yeah, there's always that one thing. I mean, UNC's defense did it for them. So, and um, then finally, give me Michigan and JJ McCarthy, my, the boy, the man, the, the whatever. Uh, give me them by, uh, 30. 30? Yeah, I said 24. I don't think it's going to be that close. All right, yeah, but uh, good episode. I mean, and then also, and- sorry, uh, no, you're good. the Hawaii Bowl, give me uh, <laughs> San Diego State, and then the Bahamas Bowl, give me the University of AB. Let's go. Of what? Roll, roll lizards. Lizards? Is this D3? Or whatever they are. Dragons, lizard dragons or whatever. UAB? Yeah. Uh, they're the they're – the... Dragons, right? No, they're the Blazers. Uh, screw that. I think you Blizzard Blazer the thing. No, you, yeah, yeah, the Blazers, bro. You gotta get it right. Shut up. Wait, wait, UAB? They're not in a conference championship game. They're in the Bahamas Bowl. Wait, the bowls are out? I don't know. Two of them are. Bahamas Bowl and Hawaii Bowl. Oh, the pit bowls. Yeah. Alright, yeah. Well, um, yeah. Well, I guess good luck to the Blazers. I've always liked that name, so go Blazers. Um, but yeah, oh, there's a lot done in that episode. Yeah, I guess go in Mary, go go U of R. Oh, got it, got it. Go, you got got to go. Yeah, I'm cheering for U of R. I'm cheering for all all CAA teams. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, but uh, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, and definitely. we will uh talk to you. This definitely classifies as a mega cast. Yeah, this is definitely a mega cast. I'll put like twenty A's at the end of that. Uh, but uh, talk to you later, yeah. Evan. All right. All right. See ya. See ya. Hey, guys, what's up? I applaud you if you made it to the end of this episode. If you enjoy, I hope you consider following. And if you want, you can send me a voice message at anchor.fm slash sports. You can also follow there. You can send me a voice message. Tell me what you think I should talk about, how we can improve the podcast, really anything that relates to the show. Um, and follow us on Twitter, as mentioned at the beginning. Um, and we will talk to you soon on the show, and I really hope you enjoyed.